Welcome back to the Coffee House Podcast, episode eight. We have an awesome guest here today. I am David. This is Alyssa. And uh, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media, Facebook and Instagram at the Coffee House uh, SD, at the Coffee House SD. Uh, and <laughs> also subscribe to us on YouTube. Awesome. So today we have a first time thing for us, a patient on the podcast, a non-industry member whatsoever. This is a home cultivator. His name is Hunter. Hashound420 on Instagram. You're going to love this. Let's go. All right. Welcome back for episode eight. We are here with a big first time guest here. We have a patient on the podcast for the first time and we are here with Hunter. How are you doing, Hunter? Uh, I'm good. Um, I'm Hunter. Uh, I come from Mitchell. I'm a South Dakota medical cannabis patient and uh, just here to say a few things, I guess. Um, I have a little bit of background in cannabis. I have a certificate from Cornell with, through studying hemp breeding and genetics. And I'm also currently studying through online cannabis education. Okay. Okay. So you grow at home. You're a cannabis yes, connoisseur. I'm a, I'm a home cultivator. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. How was the process of getting your medical card? Um, it was, I went back and forth to the state a couple times over my picture and uh, cultivation documents. Like uh, I had to draw a picture of where I was going to be growing and uh, take a picture of the lock on my door and stuff like that. But ultimately I got it done within a month or so. That's not too bad. That's a decent turnaround. Yeah, That's it wasn't, wasn't terrible. Yeah, um, like, well, when I was at the clinic, like, I would always tell people, like, just check no for home cultivation. Even if you want to do it, check no right away because, like, it can draw out the process, you know, because then you can just add it right. later. So I'd be like, mm -hmm. if you want your card, like, immediately, just say no and then, you know, add it and later. You have your card yeah. you can purchase while you wait. For yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, the process, right, like, so what is it that you have to do for home cultivation to, like, when I did it, and this was a few months ago now, I've had my card for probably six months or more, um, I had to draw a picture of my house in the room I was going to put it in, like an arrow designating, like this is my lock, right. my lock designated area. And then I also had to take a picture of the lock on, my, on the door so to prove that it was like a secure room. Makes sense. What is the, um, remind everybody at home, like the, the limit on what you can grow at home? So right now uh, you can have two flowering plants and two non-flowering plants. And okay. that's, that's it. That's it. There's no that's, stipulations to how, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, two flowering and two non-flowering. Good. So like when you were getting the card to begin with, like, did you have a hard time finding like a provider or, you know, like finding somebody who would certify you? Um, yeah, absolutely. It was really difficult um, until an outreach clinic came to Mitchell and I went through there and was able to, they really helped out Good. To, through there and uh, really it helped me get my card. I wouldn't have been able to have done it without him. How'd you find out about the outreach clinic? Um, I hang around the smoke shops and stuff and that's where it was, was a local smoke shop at Cloud 9 and Mitchell and okay. um, just knew it was in there and knew that that was something I needed to get right. done. Right. So, it's I was nice like, yeah, it was all over that. Good. Yeah, that's, that's it's, awesome. It sucks that it's not as available as it should be. I mean, I wish that there was more people out there that, you know, have brick-and-mortar buildings and be like, look, this is what we do. <laughs> Let's get people in, get people out, get them yeah. taken care of, because there are a lot of people out there that don't have access to a doctor to write them right, right. certification for their card. So. Right. 
yeah, like right now, I think that there's, I mean, there's a lot more outreaches mm -hmm. going on, which is really good. Um, and there's like more clinics kind of popping up, which is, which is good. But yeah, I'm always kind of curious. Like I always ask people like, you know, how hard was it for you to find somebody, you know, cause I'm, I don't know. But. Yeah, and then just recently I had a buddy get his card and we went to one of the clinics here in, in Sioux Falls because nice. there was no outreach in, in Mitchell at the time. But yeah. but yeah, the clinics are handy too. Absolutely. I think that there needs to be a nice little mix because obviously you can't have a, a set and stone clinic in every single town. Um, but it is nice to have them, you know, spread out a decent amount of space so that way people can have access to them when they're traveling. But then obviously to have the outreaches too, when yeah. people who can't travel, it's just as important because people need their cards. People that qualify for it obviously need their cards. Yeah, it's just like people with like chronic conditions, mm -hmm. you know, asking them to drive two, three hours to Sioux Falls to get certified. That's kind of asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Something I always think about is like my grandma trying to get her card or something like that. You know, obviously I'm able-bodied for mm -hmm. the most part and, you know, wheel myself around, get, get to where I need to be <laughs> and stuff. But, you know, if somebody can you know yeah. them outreach clinics are really effective for them we need to do telehealth too that's amazing yeah that, a lot of other states offer it but that would help a lot it's for crazy because sure. south dakota in the medical side is really advanced in telehealth it's like the number one state in the yeah <laughs> yeah regular but, telehealth. but for marijuana we have nothing it's yeah that's wild no yeah. options and I, I think it causes a lot of confusion too because like flandreau you can do telehealth mm -hmm. you know to to get the card right mm -hmm. so then people get confused i actually just talked to somebody this week who reached out to me because they made an appointment but it was for the flanger card because he told me telehealth and i was like wait wait wait, like what where'd you make this appointment right. at and he sent me the link and i was like no 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 like that's not for south dakota <laughs> that's for flandreau you know so then he had to go through this process to cancel and yep. it was just this whole thing so i think it causes some confusion there so um like the cost of getting the card and all of that like um I don't really know how much everybody's charging right now, but like, was it reasonable? I thought it was halfway decent, especially for them coming to Mitchell and everything. I think it was $175 is what I paid that day. And then the state fee after that was almost $100, I think, after they beat me up for cultivation. Yep. I think it's twenty dollars extra. Yeah, another twenty bucks for that. Yeah, and pretty, then pretty on top reasonable. of 75 bucks. And yeah, it's pretty so. reasonable, Yeah. honestly. I so, wish there'd be more consistent pricing across the state when it comes to it, but yeah, yeah. like they're kind of all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like there's quite a range there. Um, so obviously you're a home cultivator, but uh, you know, have you spent time in the dispensaries popping into those? Yeah, yeah, I have. I we do have a local dispensary there in Mitchell. I do swing in every once in a while and just grab some strains just to try mm -hmm. and taste and stuff like that. So I mean, I'm in and out of them. Especially when I come here to Sioux Falls, I like to check out, you know, what's different, what's new, and just enjoy being in the dispensaries. They're I think cool. Everybody does. <laughs> yeah. They're cool. As far as like a dispensary experience, though, what would you say? Like, if you if you could make any improvements on, you know, any products or prices or whatever the case may be when it comes to like a dispensary experience. I think the biggest thing is is uh, looking at. Um, testing results for the cannabis you're buying and stuff like that. Um, terpene testing in South Dakota is like a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. They're really only, when you look at buds at the dispensary, usually there's the three numbers. There's how much you can buy, you know, weight. There's 
a percentage of THC, and then there's the price. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really all they're <laughs> worried about is what it seems like is those three numbers, and there, there's a lot more to cannabis than that. For sure. We want more in-depth information out there available for you know each product that they have that's in there, especially now that terpene testing is online. I think it should be a requirement, if anything, for the medical market. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that they should just put all of that on the label. I don't see why they don't. Honestly, right. I really don't see why they wouldn't put it all on the label. I would want to if I was. I'm not sure where that is stopping at. You know, I don't want to blame anybody particularly, but I think that it should be mandatory. It, should be, it shouldn't be any extra either for the cultivators to test for terpenes. Yeah, it should but, just be part of the process. Yeah, just, get out there, especially medical. It's different like when it comes to recreational, I guess, but... Um, when it comes to medical, terpenes are huge, especially to like a knowledgeable cannabis patient. Like they know what they want, they know what's going to help them, yeah. and terpenes will help make that selection because it isn't just about the THC. Absolutely, which, which yeah. A lot of your effects come from terpenes. Exactly, yeah. the entourage effect, building on that profile, you got to be able to know what you're getting before. Right. Just twenty-seven percent, thirty percent. It should taste like ass. <laughs> yeah. Do the yeah. Job. yeah. Like, I didn't even know what terpenes were like a year ago. So. I've learned quite a bit through this process, mm-hmm. even now. Like, but you know, we're just getting into the terpene like area now, so and that's just wait exciting. another five years. Cannabis will completely change, probably the way you grow it, the way you use it, the way you. It's that's that's the one thing that I like absolutely love. After like obviously all the healing effects, but like just the the fluidity of it, how it's always changing, it's always different, and it's like there's not one person that's like, oh yeah, I know it all. I can do this. I can do that. I can grow the best this and. I know everything about it, and you know, like it's always changing, especially right, with the right. laws. Once it, I don't think anybody will ever truly know the full potential of it until it's fully studied, like thoroughly. Probably until the aliens come and help us out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, but no, I think um, that's a good idea. I think people should start to put more terpene profiles and everything, more in-depth information on. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, you should really care about what you're smoking, what you're ingesting. Yeah. I mean, I the fastest way to put something in your body is to light it up and smoke <laughs> it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to know what's in there, yeah. you know? No, right. for sure. Like, well, and the effects it's going to give you? Absolutely. And one thing that I've noticed um, with, like, some of the like, edibles is, you know, like, the package says, right, that it's, like, 100 milligrams, right? But then each edible is only, like, you know, point seven or seven milligrams or whatever right so really you're only getting 70 milligrams mm-hmm. of edibles not 100 so i don't know like i feel like they should throw in like three extra ones or something you they know could. yeah because the packaging limits go based on the dosage not the amount of gummies that are in there you just can't do more than 10 milligrams and you can't have more than 100 milligrams per package but you could do 10 one milligram or you know what i'm saying you could do 100 one milligram gummies if you really wanted to yeah, divided, I, should, I think that's another thing too is they should dose it differently like it shouldn't just be 10 milligrams 7 milligrams like i know there are a lot of people out there that would probably benefit from a smaller dosage micro dosing right. throughout the day and then another is the products that's not on the market is like one-to-one ratio mm-hmm. edibles of cbd to thc and stuff like that which mm-hmm. have huge medicinal value so i was um in east river the other day and they have um crescent canna like gummies and I don't think it's one-to-one but it's pretty close so it was like 12 milligrams of THC and then six milligrams of CBD oh they did have some so yeah nice. I mean they're in that really good flavor too um it is the hemp derived delta 9 but okay. it's still it's the same shit in my eyes anyway um 
but other than that, man, I haven't seen anybody, especially when it comes to like flour. I think that would be good for flour too. Yeah, it's, they're all high THC strains yep. and very little CBD, if any, in a lot of them. Yep. That would be highly beneficial too. I think the guys from Botanicals kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and you know, like me being like the least educated of all <laughs> of us, obviously, right? Like I, you know, like I would like to see just a wide variety of everything. You know, like I don't really know that much about mm -hmm. the one-to-one -one stuff or any of that really, but like I would definitely try it because like, you know, I believe the experts, mm -hmm. you know, and 100%, like I think there should be more variety of like, like microdosing, right? Like different like quantities, sizes, different things like that available. And right now, yeah, everybody's just focusing on the THC percentage and like 30%, 20% well, you know, and it's like, why is the price based on THC percentage, you know? Like clearly there's like way more things that go into mm -hmm. whether or not that strain is good or not. Like it's not just the THC. Absolutely. And something that him and I were talking a little bit about before, you know, while we're waiting on you. <laughs> um, we're saying like what products we'd like to see in the market, like as the market grows. But then I, as rude as I am, before he even like got the chance to say anything, was just like, no, you know what? They need to perfect what they have now before we can even start to get more stuff because some of the stuff out there is decent, but I want that to be good before you work on the next project and then, because I don't want, you know, half-assed stuff, especially when it comes yeah. to medical. Yeah, there's a lot of mids out there. Yeah. That's a really good, really good point. But I think, That's like, really good drinks, good Rick Simpson oil would be huge. Yeah, Rick Simpson oil was definitely one on my list of products that are completely unavailable to South Dakota patients right now right. that has huge medicinal value. I think uh, drinks, too, and not even just, yep. like, the fizzy, fruity, like, nothing. I'm, it could be just raw THC or whatever the ratio you want it to be at because there are people who can't necessarily chew a solid or inhale smoke or whatever the case may be. And, and we beneficial to some people for sure. Are there any tinctures available right now? No, I have not seen any on the show. I haven't um, seen it for a while. But I was gonna say, you know, you could just like drop some of those in your soda, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, I haven't seen any since. I don't think I've seen any for a while. <laughs> um, no, that needs to come out too for sure. I think people need to realize the missing potential that's out there and make these products. If they take it seriously, I mean, why not? Oh, what you want to capitalize in that market? Everybody's focused on vapes now, vapes and flour. Yeah, it seems like carts are a huge seller in all the dispensaries I've been to. They, which I get, because of like people want to be able to just like if they live in an apartment, puff discreetly, not smell like weed or whatever the case may be. But there's a, a plethora of them available now, so let's try to get something else out there for people. The, yeah, they're they're very convenient, is what what they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, absolutely. They are. I, I keep mine on me for sure, so I can't complain about them being available, but right. <laughs> I'd like to have some other options for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. I, well, I'd like to see like the price of them come down a little bit because they are kind of spendy right now. Pretty brutal spendy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> compared to other states. They're... With the amount of malfunctions too, which, okay, it's it's a beginner's market. I get that. But they're charging a premium. Yeah. This is zing. That's, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, if it's something that's, you know, like a beta test, it, you're sending it out there and you don't know if you're trying like trial and error between like what battery you use or what cart you're actually putting it in if you want to go some metal you want to go ceramic while you figure that out customers shouldn't be paying a premium price i totally agree even and, with the disposables on the market i haven't been a huge fan of mm -hmm. and there the battery and the cart is all 
you know, not variables anymore. And they're still, it's, you know, and I get it. Everything's new, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, right away. My first thing wouldn't be try to stick live rosin into a disposable though. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. Well, I mean, if you look at other States, they usually run half gram live Mm -hmm. rosin carts. And Mm -hmm. from what I've seen on the market is people were trying to go stick that whole gram Mm -hmm. in there and it, it usually doesn't end well by the second half. Well, yeah, and not only that, but you also have to remember we live in South Dakota too, and people live leave their stuff in their car or yep. whatever else, and dude, yeah. it gets rock hard. And so that's a little some of some of those malfunctions are up to the customer for sure. Oh, for sure. Because I'm guilty of leaving my pen in my car on a hot summer day. Or it's yeah, it's game day. over after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. That's a good point. I never really thought about that. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you have to be conscious about where you keep your stuff at for sure. Everybody listening, if you use cartridges, don't leave them in your car <laughs> during extreme temperatures because it'll ruin them. Which is like 10 and a half months out of the year in South Dakota. Yeah. yeah just don't leave them in your just car. Just don't do it, yeah. No, I'll keep it on you on a temperature. If you like control. that car, don't leave it in your car. Seriously. I've lost plenty of, you know, I probably have like 10 or 15 at home that are literally like this much left just because like it got rock hard. I left it in my car. And it tastes like ass or, I, yeah, just whatever the case may be, it got clogged or whatever. But. Yeah, I hate it when, like, you get one and then, like, you heat it up, right? And then you, like, the first puff you get is, like, a mouthful of wax. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Ugh. all right, I'm done me. putting that down now. Having me on a disposable that I got, I'm not going to say where, but. <laughs> Sucks. It puffed right in the mouth. Yeah. Yep. But it's disgusting. I had one of those disposables, too. <laughs> Love it. So, I was able to get a refund. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say. So, um, like, one thing that like you didn't really tell me about uh, before, like right now, is your like your your certificate, your background in like the hemp stuff. Like, I didn't know that that was like a thing you could like mm-hmm. uh, get a degree in. I guess it's it's like, not you, a degree. Or, it's a certificate. Like, a certificate is, right. is, like an emphasis yeah. type thing. But I didn't even really know that that was a thing. So what, like, can you explain what it is? Um, so for Cornell, I went to, or I studied hemp breeding and genetics. So I looked at everything from different alleles to traits, how they cross over, um, anything from like autoflower, rutilis genes to um, like biomass, uh, fiber production, stuff like that, and looked into that and how it all kind of works together. Um, and then online cannabis education kind of touches on everything about it from the business aspect to the cultivation to the medical aspect in the U.S. and in Canada it has information for. So, If you were to recommend your platform or wherever you're going through, would you like mind telling people what you're using for the online cannabis education? It, it's OCE. It's, okay. it's literally called online cannabis <laughs> education. <That's awesome. laughs> I, I, yeah, not trying to gatekeep anything. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, there there's some really good information on good. there. That because the one I've heard of and I looked into um, was Oaksterdam for a while. I, I looked into that one as well. Um, I just haven't yeah. haven't gotten there yet. Yep. No, I didn't commit to it either. But that was the one of the few of the actual like reputable ones that I yeah did see yeah there, so. that um, I've also seen some things about. I think it's Sativa Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't attended or anything. Or looked into that at it's all, but time. I've heard I've heard good things about them. But yeah, yeah. 
Is there a cost like to do? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, they're very expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I think it's like it's great that there's like you know ed actual educational institutes right for like cannabis and that type of thing right because that like legitimizes like, the industry so much. To an extent, yeah. You know, if you can get a degree or a certificate, you know, in you know hemp and you know, cannabis or anything mm -hmm. like that, you know, that obviously is like. Clearly, these people are going to dedicate their lives to this, so marijuana isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Once it goes federally legal, maybe they can make, you know, some type of program out of it that's going to be... Yeah, once actual... once the federal funding comes, that's yeah. that's really the bottleneck right now yeah. in the education field is mm -hmm. federal funding is... It won't touch any of it. Right, and I feel like, well, because it's still federally illegal, you know, all of the research and stuff, you know, has like, there's none really. I mean, there's some, but there's not as much as there could be if they just descheduled it. Absolutely. You know, or like doctors, right? Like there could easily be doctors who actually specialize in cannabis, right? And, sure. And it's just silly that that's not a thing yet. <laughs> I mean, this like, be a when did you know? California legalize Cannabis, like early 2000s? That's a good trivia question. Quite a while ago. Okay. So, I mean, it's been it's been a hot minute, right? Mm -hmm. So, you would think by now that, you know, the federal government would have just kind of been like, all right, you know, and then open up education, you know, educational institutes to be able to, like, educate on the topic itself. Yeah. I think it's more fear-mongering than anything. Keep it away from people. The more they know about it, the more they know that it was should have never been illegal to begin with. Save but, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> No, hopefully with that whole thing that it comes back on the ballot and gets the right push because adult use needs to happen, especially with the qualifying conditions that they have now, the, the short list. Yes, it added PTSD and a couple other things, but... It's I, very discouraging yeah, for people. Absolutely. Like, hopefully that'll change. Yeah, like I, I mean, people message me all the time, like all the time just to ask me how to go about getting their card. And they're always like, Oh, I don't think that I'd be able to do it, you know, and right. I'm like, well, pain is, you know, it's pretty broad, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, like, you know, have you had, you know, surgery? Do you have issues with your back? You know, things like that. And like, these are things that like, they just never really thought about until I kind of like, like you know, have you ever, you know, blah, blah, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, actually, like I, you know, I have a bad knee or whatever, you know, or something like that, or migraines, like I get really bad migraines and things like that. And it's like, that that's pain. That's you know that's chronic. Like yeah. that that yeah. counts. So I think like yeah that gets a little discouraging for some people. They see like the five things and like oh I'm not gonna be able to qualify, and then they just don't even try. All right. Um, one of the main things obviously that we talked about before even coming on here was the the homegirl aspect of it. Um, what would you say would be your biggest reasonings to want to obviously not only get your medical card but to do cultivation at home yourself um, and not just go to a dispensary every time with your card and, and like a lot of other people do. Right. Um, I don't mind the dispensaries whatsoever. I have nothing against them. I do believe the cleanest meds come out of my tent in the basement. It's, I know what I fed those plants. I know everything that went into it. I know there was no contaminants, nothing. It didn't even leave my house. Like it's, right. it's right there. That's good clean pure medicine better than i can get at the dispensary yeah peace of mind yeah probably be a number one it's, reason then. yeah and then i mean it, it's a plant why 
why can't I be able to produce a, a medicine that's honestly it's it's not terribly hard to grow is right. is hard there's a lot that goes into it I will say that but I mean it it's a weed it it grows it it does its thing you know it's <laughs> good point it does its thing it's it'll it'll probably grow um and to be able to produce that at home just seems like a no brainer to me especially right. with the costs of things on the market for the amount of medicine that I need to stay medicated it's mm-hmm. it's a no brainer it's I would smoke myself broke if I didn't. Yeah. If I was going to the dispensary every day. And it was only twenty dollars to get it on your card to make it legal. Obviously, there's cost that goes into the the equipment and the soil and everything else, depending on how you yeah. decide to grow. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's very expensive upfront cost, mm-hmm. but once you have the equipment, it, it's there. Like right. it, it just needs to run its course. Mm-hmm. Just maintenance. Yeah. So you got anything crazy growing now that you like to? Shout out so people can follow you on, you know, Hashhound420. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have some granddaddy perp going right now. I got some other genetics I've been playing around with. Nothing I really want to talk about yet. You no, know, awesome. everyone's weird about their genetics and yeah. stuff, but uh, nothing I'm ready to show. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. Good. Um, the only thing I do have to say about the home cultivation program is the limiting of the non-flowering plants is silly. Yeah. Um, marijuana is a dioecious species, meaning if you're using regular seeds, you have about a 50-50 chance to get a male or a female. Um, male plants are great plants for breeding, and if you want to produce more seeds... But you you cannot smoke male plants. They don't produce THC. They don't have medicinal value, so to speak, that mm-hmm. we're looking for. So to only have two of them, so if I plant two seeds, one of them ends up being a female, just 50-50 if I'm lucky, and then I got to start all over <laughs> another yeah. three, four weeks later when I decide, or maybe six weeks later when I decide that it's a male and I got to kill it, that mm-hmm. I got to replace it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm four to six weeks behind again on that cycle and it, it just doesn't work to limit the non-flowering non-thc producing plants is seems silly i'd say i can kind of agree with it now that you lay it out like that yeah i think that's a really great point that's a very like in-depth like analysis of it you know like i think that's something that like the state legislature could definitely benefit from hearing yeah especially because you don't want to you know take can't take breaks from your medication i mean you could but like it would be pretty debilitating depending on what you're what you're treating it for but yeah if you go without for a while that would suck yeah (laughs) and that's if everything in the tent goes perfect there's no pests there's no this there's no you didn't go on vacation for two weeks and forgot to water it or this that or the other thing there's plenty of things that go wrong but with only two plants to have at a time it's it's scary i mean it's think what two three flowering and maybe six non-flowering i'm fine with having two flowering like i really am i don't have a problem with that side of things it's the non-flowering plants that is is just killing it it's it's really hard to keep a growth cycle continuous without a few more than two right what would be like an ideal number six would be plenty Six to ten, or yeah. I mean, they're non-flowering, so it's not like it's not producing anything. Yeah. And half yeah. of them probably won't produce anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, normally you buy a pack of seeds. There's ten to twelve regular seeds in it, so you got maybe six females in there. 
So you got to run probably – you got to plant at least four to six seeds at a time to right. make anything to come out with two flowering plants <laughs> at the end of it, you know. It's – it's it's tough right yeah that's gotta be even tough. if everything goes perfect yeah yeah that's gotta be kind of frustrating so yeah. well, imagine that on like a full mini arc commercial scale god that'd be frustrating that would be really frustrating like, trying to plant a thousand plants and only 500 grow <laughs> what you can actually use yeah. yeah like this is the first time that we've had like a kind of an in-depth conversation about like home cultivation mm -hmm. with a home cultivator so like I think this is really really enlightening information um, like personally I think it's really interesting and I think the state legislature could definitely benefit from more of like that kind of like feedback right hopefully they listen yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll send it to you guys <laughs> <laughs> right and I mean, even if you're not using regular seeds, even if you find a feminized seed that you like and you grow a mom plant and then you pull one clone off of it, there's your two in veg, and now you got to veg those out and then you throw one into flower or keep your mom plant or it's, it's right. it doesn't add up. It doesn't, it doesn't work. No, that makes sense. After you lay it out like that, it makes sense for sure. And if I didn't think about it like that until you just laid it out, then they probably haven't had the opportunity to think about it like that right. either. So it could be eye-opening for sure to hear it from a patient's mouth. You need more patients to come on and talk about their reasonings for homegirl or what they want to see in the market and stuff like that because no change happens. Closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah. you got to talk about it Yeah, for sure. People are, yeah, like they just... They're nervous about talking about it, you know, publicly, which yeah, I get. It. I totally understand, you know. So we definitely appreciate you right, <laughs> actually sure. wanting to come on to the show. For sure. Because, yeah, we haven't had a patient or anybody. We've reached out to people and, you know, it's just, uh, I don't it's hard know. hard to line up schedules you know, for people that are willing to. And then are, there are other people that are like, well, I have a really good job and I don't want to risk, you know, getting in trouble by my boss because I talk about my open cannabis use or whatever the case may be. So whatever. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not too scared. Right? I got a medical card. You shouldn't have and, to be. Right. I yeah. Mean, at the end of the day, you shouldn't have to be, to be honest. Trying to play by the rules yeah. at least, you know, yeah. doing what I can. I'm not doing anything wrong Yeah. by any means. Free speech. You got a medical card. It's legal through the state. There's no, right. There shouldn't be any problem with it at all. Yeah. Like people should feel like they're going to be free from persecution for, you know, talking about this publicly. I think the state being uh, a right to hire state is the biggest thing for jobs security anyway. Because they can right just find another reason. You're fired for wearing a pink shirt when it's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smoked weed or smoke weed. And the medical is. card offers no protection at all. Really. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to this. Like, if there'd be another, it'd be a thing if they said that, like, if you don't have a job to where you're like operating heavy machinery or whatever the case may be, and like, yeah, we don't want you smoking weed here, and it wasn't a right to fire state, hire state, sorry. <laughs> um, I always say that. And I don't know, maybe it might be different, but yeah, you're right. There's, there's really no protection because they could just say whatever and be like, yeah, I don't like the way that you talk to me today, so you're done. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think like I've only heard of, yeah, like heavy, like you know, warehousing jobs, people who like mm -hmm. use like forklifts and things like that, like their jobs not really allowing it, but other than that, I haven't really heard too much like about employers being like no you can't do this you know like I always just tell people ask like you know if you don't know you know definitely ask your employer right like if you're that concerned about it because like it is up to their discretion whether or not they're gonna allow it right 
Um, so, are you from South Dakota originally? Yeah, I grew up in Mitchell. In Mitchell? So, you're from Mitchell. Thank you for driving down. I appreciate yeah. that for sure. Yeah. It's a jaunt. It's not always the shortest drive. <laughs> I drive enough myself. Always got road construction and stuff yeah. going on. <laughs> Especially this time of year, yeah. it's never ending. Well, yeah. I was going to say, Hunter, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Um, is there anything else that you want to you know, say to the people before we wrap this thing up? I think we covered about everything on my list. Cool. You have anything, Miss Alyssa? Uh, no, I mean, I appreciate talking to, like, another person who's from South Dakota, but you're more comfortable talking about marijuana than I am still, which is kind of funny. But it's awesome that, like, you're educating yourself and all that. This is fantastic. For sure. Well, check them out, Hashound420 on Instagram. Thank you, Coffeehouse Episode 8. Have a great day. Bye.